Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. In this episode, we cover a lot, how all paradigms have at least some truth in them, a recasting of the Adam and Eve myth, the origin of the universe according to identity, the difference in self-awareness between humans and animals, the limits of seeing consciousness as a function of the brain, identity's take on Vladimir Putin and the invasion of Ukraine, the nature of consciousness changeover that happened in 2013, and of course, many other fascinating rabbit holes. The main focus today, though, is the uh, domain of men and women and how the lack of understanding and appreciation of yin strength or yinth contributes to the patriarchy and so much suffering in our society. Lastly, I'll remind you that it really is best to listen to this podcast from the very beginning and in order. Thank you for listening. So we are back and um, thank forward, you. forward, forward. Ed. Yes, yeah. because it's impossible actually to go back. And there's a rabbit hole we could spend 30 <laughs> minutes on. Right, right yes. Absolutely, Joseph. Yeah. The very notion of going backward is antithetical to all sorts of metaphysical truths. But we won't talk about that. So you're just going to have to suffer <laughs> uh, with curiosity and desire to know how that could be. Uh, yes. Um, Going back uh, is actually has no referent in reality and yes. consciousness reality, you know, right. so. And to consider <laughs> all, all of the, um, the paradigmatic and metaphysical assumptions that would have to be in place to think that one could go backward. Uh, yeah, it's so uh, yeah. tempting with you, Stacey. It's like, I, now I don't want to talk about what today's topic was supposed to be. I want to talk about that. I can't. Well, maybe we can. Uh, there'll be a context to fold it in. Our, if our, you can do that, that that would be incredible. Yeah, that, right. that would be like folding in this, the word of the day. That's like otherwise a non. Oh, all right. You know? I'm on it. I'm on it. All Let's right. go. That'd be good for a thousand points. I think. <laughs> okay. The topic for today is uh, um, a lot. Uh, you had on our agenda the metaphysical significance of Adam and Eva for all of humankind. Uh, the concept which we touched on previously, uh, holons in the holon with a W-H-O-L-O-N, reincarnation, human yin and yang dynamics, the patriarchy, uh, misogyny, uh, matriarchal yang and feminism. Uh, that's the subject of a 500-page book, and you <laughs> wanted to talk about that. Uh, I think each one of those things is probably yes. a 500-page book. Actually. Well, they, yeah, they could be. It's uh, I, I put the first uh, phrase down, Joseph, and then the rabbit hole led me to the second phrase, and then that rabbit hole led me to this third. And so I, I was able to stop at four or five, and so I'm proud of myself. Yeah, well done. Well, where do we start? Well, let's just say that um, to begin with, that uh, in these tumultuous times um, where our very um, identity as individuals as uh, collective uh, um, members of Homo, Homo, well, what do we call it today? It's uh, Homo sapiens for sure. Homo sapiens, yes. Yeah. um, uh, One day soon we'll be calling it Homo emotionalis, uh, but that day is far in the future. Uh, Our identities and um, our guideposts, let's say, both um, institutionalized guideposts, um, societal guideposts, 
religious and spiritual guideposts are all in flux in a way that they haven't been in, uh, in our modern day anyway, in my opinion. And so uh, I thought it was, uh, it just came to me that um, the uh, archetypes of the autumn and Eve myth uh, um, as, as um, inapplicable as they are to the real human condition as taught by religionism, um, uh, there is some real value to reframe those archetypes and show how that paying attention to them may add something really substantive and from left field uh, to our, our um, overall um, soupy and unclear uh, planetary zeitgeist. Uh, I, I think it's it's particularly important too because what tends to happen, and I believe we've laid the groundwork for this already, um, with the um, infant level uh, religionism to teenage level agnosticism and atheism, is the 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 agnostic and atheist uh, atheism tends to throw the baby out with the bathwater and flatly reject all of uh, religionism when in fact, um, as uh, you yourself taught me years ago. Um, if there were no truth whatsoever in religion, it wouldn't have the power that it does. Uh, so yeah. there's some truth. Negative, in it. negative power. So many. Yes. Times. Yeah. Right. But um, you know, uh, I, be I believe I even wrote it down once. If you said, uh, you said, if uh, if it were taught that Jesus was from Mars and like the Earth was made of cheese or something like that, it wouldn't have any staying power because it's too far afield. Um, so what um, mature spirituality seeks to um, separate the wheat from the chaff, or as a, um, there's an old uh, samurai guy who once said, um, uh, the uh, Chozon Shisai said, a uh, Japanese swordmaster said, uh, a warrior is measured according to this, that he takes the dregs of the ancients and extracts a clear liquid from them. Oh, lovely. And, wow, that's uh, lovely. I never heard that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, that's what I think that um, one of the things that, that is beautiful to me about identity is that even though it's extremely tough on um, a lot of isms, it doesn't throw them out summarily and seeks to clarify and resolve what, um, what isn't making sense and is negative and destructive. Oh, yeah, that's a great dimension to bring in up front here, Joseph, because religions atheism, um, uh, scientism, non-dualism, they would not have endured unless they possessed some tile mosaic of the grand scheme truth. Um, and they wouldn't have the power they have to distort uh, uh, and, and have all the cruelties and militancies and absolutisms associated with them um, uh, 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 to, to do harm the way they do. They have to carry some truth. A, a paradigm that doesn't carry any truth, as you just metaphorized, wouldn't have any power to um, do anything, really. Wouldn't affect us so much. And that fits with the identity metaphysic that everything is true and some things are truer than others, which is one of yeah. my favorite pieces of wisdom from you. Yeah, even more incisively, everything is real and some things are more real than others, which is... But real and true, um, there are domains where they can be interchangeable and other ones not. But that's another yeah. whole rabbit hole. So yes. let's uh, let's stick with Adam and Eva. Yeah. And, and I'm and I'm pronouncing Adam as Adam, not Adam. And I'm and, and Eve. It's Eva, not Eve. And I can only tell you that my read of the Akashika imparts those pronunciations, and I can't really explain it. 
I'm not going to let you off the hook for not defining Akashica, though. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, it's out there in uh, new and now age land uh, of the Akashic records, um, which are supposedly a um, videotaping of every moment in every dimension and every direction of uh, humankind's um, uh, hegira on planet Earth. Um, so that can be consulted by those of us who have third eye gifts um, and uh, be read out um, if there is uh, the right resonant frequencies and bandwidths to any interaction and a read. So, so, so would you say uh, I, this rabbit hole must be uh, <laughs> investigated? So just a minute or two, maybe um, the way it, it's always looked to me is that the, the, the Akashic records trickle down into the collective unconscious. And that's how, for example, you see the repetitiveness, for example, of uh, angel mythology across a number of different religions, because there's some truth to that, and it somehow trickles down into independently different regions and isms of the world. Exactly right. Exactly right. So um, if we, um, we can, someone who's got the third eye gift uh, uh, can can bypass the collective unconscious or use it as a doorway. But if you can read the Akashika directly, um, it, uh, it, it will be a little, less, a little less distortive and projective because you're not looking through the lens of the collective unconscious first. Mm. Um, so at any rate- So you're uh, saying, so you're going to present the, some of the Genesis story of, of identity and I just want to sort of draw a circle around this. You're saying that this is your read of the Akashic records rather than, for example, Scientology's Genesis <laughs> story from 10 million years ago, which was created by a fiction writer. Yes, that's right. Um, I feel bad for Elron, you know, because I'm, I'm also a fiction writer and I'm afraid of being lumped in that category. <laughs> but yes, this is, as with everything, Joseph, and for all the listeners, um, this is just identity's uh, point of view. Uh, every ism and identity is proud to stand as an ism because it is impossible to transcend ismness in any spiritual teaching. It's impossible, which is another rabbit hole. Yes. Um, but uh, yes, every uh, paradigm and identity is just another paradigm, but one based in different assumptions about the nature of human consciousness and its expressions, which affects everything. So yeah, this is just uh, my take on it, and um, and I can speak to that, and the listener can decide if it uh, catches for them or not, right? So um, I'll I'll start just with the Adam and Eve archetypes and how they apply. Uh, might they apply in the modern day as opposed to being um, going into right now what our direct cosmogony is and how everything got started. Uh, um, uh, uh, cosmogony is the same root as Genesis. That's how I remember it. The, exactly, the, exactly. the beginning right. of the cosmos. Yes, exactly right. Cosmogony. Um, cosmology is the shape that the cosmogony takes after it uh, unfolds or as it's unfolding. <clears throat> and we will do an episode on the, uh, I believe it's nine most recently elements of a paradigm, which is one of yes. my favorite pieces. We've been already sort of operating with that, but we'll present sure. that uh, directly at some point soon. Okay, so now, you know, just like uh, non-dual enlightened uh, teachers of the East say, <clears throat> people in the West are just getting ready to live uh, mm. um, instead of living, actually. Um, we've just been talking for about eight minutes now on getting ready to give this particular uh, podcast. So let's, let's mm -hmm. get into the meat of it.
Well, maybe we'll delete everything before and just start. Oh, sure. Why not? Start Why not? No, no. Why it's not? Yeah. Uh, so again, this this is uh, gather around the campfire kind of informality. And I love that you've put that into these podcasts so that we can be transparent with um, everything and not pose, no, no posing allowed. Mm-hmm. So um, Adam and Eva uh, in identities read of the Akashika, uh, there were certainly um, two beings that had to make a third being to begin the trek of the bifurcation from the ape line to the human line. There was. There was. Um, I recently uh, found a very wonderful um, cooperation to identities read of the Akashika because I used to talk about all the time, oh, 120 to 140,000 years ago. This um, epic began. Uh, this is the third epic in our in the bigger cosmogony. There was a Lumerian um, epic that ended, and then there was an Atlantean epic that ended. This is the third epic. Um, that epic um, I always taught between 120,000 140,000 years ago, and I read a, a piece by uh, an evolutionary geneticist um, about a year ago that said that all the mitochondria. Uh, of every human being on the planet um, is traceable to one mother 132,000 years ago. Wow. Really interesting. I got chills up my back at that time. Uh, And so we can metaphorically call that, call her Eva. Uh, It's Eva. It's, it's, it's just the way it comes out of me in the, from the Akashica and Adam is the first planter of um, the seed, uh, of the new bifurcated arm uh, that that uh, soulful beings um, utilized the bipedal, uh, already formatted um, uh, mammal mammalian shapings of the ape line, but that bifurcation um, uh, uh, is explainable by the fact that a different kind of soul species than an animal soul species now is going to utilize that flesh-based expression. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now in terms of the archetypes, of course, everyone knows, uh, and I I can't call Christianity Christianity because it's not from the Christ. It's from Paul, St. Paul. Uh, Christianity is Paul's religion, not, not Jesus's for by a long vision of Christianity. Exactly. It is completely revisionist. So in Paulianity, um, uh, of course, Adam and Eve were born perfectly in the garden of Eden. And, uh, the, uh, uh, since they were searching for a way to understand suffering in the human condition, this is the myth they came up with. And, and it wasn't bad for the time. Uh, it has some interesting uh, dimensions to it that are compelling. Um, it's at least resonant with the idea that downline, we're all infected with original sin, you know, um, for what happened in the Garden of Eden. But of course, in identity's uh, picture, Eden was not... Um, on earth. Eden was the state of soulfulness that pre- preceded our kinds of soulfulnesses to begin incarnative journeys on planet earth. That was the, the complete um, uh, um, abidement in spirit and love and uh, the God. You're saying it was, it was not a place, it was a, a state of consciousness. It was a state of consciousness pre-incarnatively. Uh, oh, okay. that, that Adam and Eva as the first two souls came out of. This is this world is the expulsion from Eden, that uh, uh-huh. in, in identity's point of view. 
Um, there was no sin involved, uh, uh, of course, in identity's picture, uh, unlike the, the, um, the serpent uh, of the devil, of course, um, Satan um, talked Eva into talking Autumn into um, uh, eating the tree, uh, eating from the tree of self-knowledge. And of course, she gets blamed for it patriarchally, not Autumn. Autumn doesn't get blamed. It's Eva who, who convinced him to do it because she was the one who was seducible by the snake. I mean, which just on the surface of it is, is really blatant victimhood. Like, you know, even if we were to accept all of that content, he yeah. was convincible. Yes. And so, like, he's just completely innocent. Like, well, I, she convinced me to do it. So I did, like, as if even if that were the case, he would have no responsibility. Well, it gave the whole myth gave room for the utter, utter misogyny and patriarchy yeah. of, uh, of polyanity. Because right? even by today's standards, he would be accessory after the fact, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah. He'd be like receiving stolen goods. Yes, <laughs> instead of being the one who, um, at the moment, we can say casually lacked the cojones to um, to do it himself. Right. But uh, uh, there was no um, uh, please don't eat of the tree of self-knowledge because all, all you have to do is obey me. I mean, this is so monarchical and patriarchal and all the articles you want to put onto it. So uh, instead, uh, the identity um, offers that what happened is that um, two angel souls uh, incarnated as Adam and Eva, specific angel souls, soul species, another Good. We'll, we'll get to topic. that eventually. Yeah. Sure. Um, where the where where had, two had to be the first to start the line going, and Adam and Eva were two angel souls who incarnated in Earth that represented that bifurcation. Uh, they had an, uh, uh, the story of how they got together and what they were like is really interesting. But the salient point today is that the basic um, dimensions of maleness and femaleness is not what identity sees when we look at bipolar, bi bipedal, um, cisgender bodied people. Um, we, I don't see, I've never seen male and female unless I force myself to, I always see yin and yang, yin and yang, uh, because uh, uh, Autumn and Eva, men and women carry both yin and yang valences. And if we were to, able to understand and apply this, this hugely important insight, the war between the sexes would be over tomorrow. Uh, uh, because what we, what we, when we're trained to see both in LGBTQ contexts or in patriarchal or matriarchal contexts, they're all at the level of uh, male and female and, and how there's some inherent value one way or another. Oh yeah, women are fine to make babies and keep the house and men are the ones with passions and purposes and, um, all this stuff, or on the other side with feminism, um, the reverse, where uh, where to to go um, in the modern day to write all these wrongnesses in societies and religions about patriarchy, feminism was born. But if we look at it, uh, and this is where the yin and yang archetypes come in, there's a yin and a yang archetype represented by Adam and a yin and yang uh, combination archetype represented by Eva. Uh, in, in identity's picture, it's always been this case. I can't explain it. Here's what I see. I always see it in 40 years of testing it. Uh, I haven't got a, uh, a compelling contradiction yet. So it's everything's still in doubt always as a test, but, uh, men 
are naturally endowed, now preconditioned, <laughs> in a preconditioned sense, a young based being, a male being has two thirds componencies um, of yang and one third uh, of yin. And women have two thirds of yin um, uh, componencies and one third yang. At the level of what? Emotion, energy, where would you place that? Um, uh, essence. In the other words, essence of not of soul, though. Well, um, identity goes so far as to say that that yang and yin are soul qualities, uh -huh. and when they show up, when we incarnate as uh, men and women, they show up in different proportions. I know souls on the other side who are much more yangic than yinic, and I know some souls that are much more yinic than yangic. So this is pre-earth conditioning, elemental. Uh, but any soul could incarnate as male or female, right? Yes, right. But they would, but they, it would, it would translate into the level of yangness or yinness of that individual. Correct. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, and then again, that has huge ramifications for the current uh, horror show that's called um, trying to get LGBTQ equalities across the board. You yeah. know. It's so an existential identity crisis playing out in a it, venue that is not what it's actually about. Exactly right. If you rescale the entire issue into yin and yang instead of male and female, um, you get an entirely different picture of the human condition. Uh, and this is so elementally um, uh, applicable to our everyday life. Um, Adam uh, uh, came first. Let's, let's go through the story a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, um, where Adam incarnated first and um, went as Yang, Yang um, initiates, oh, let's define Yang and Yin, sorry. Yes, right. I should have yeah. caught that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yang initiates um, Yin responds. Uh, and that's in both men and women, meaning women can initiate from their Yang and men can um, uh, uh, respond from their Yin. Everything's equal, no superiority anywhere. So yang initiates and, and yin responds in both men and women. Uh, and so yang, uh, according to that, uh, um, because this was going to be a real survival um, challenge here, because they were the first souls who were aware that they were self-aware. Hmm. Animals are self-aware. We share an animalistic um, uh, domain with, with animals. We are self-aware. But that bifurcation occurred because these two souls um, were, our, were before incarnation aware that they're self-aware and so brought in another whole dimension to consciousness into the ape line. Later brain structures like the cerebral cortex and the, and the higher brain all evolved to be a container for this extra um, dimension. Um, so if you can imagine someone who's aware, they're self-aware, born, Autumn, we'll go to, with Autumn here, was born into an ape family, has to start somewhere. His, his vehicle has to come from somewhere. And it didn't just made out of the dust of the earth. It came from the sperm and the egg of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, apes. Um, and so you can imagine um, what that was like because he, his parents loving and self-aware as they are, they, they're capable of fear, capable of love, capable and their self-awareness instinctually, they relate to the environment and all these things. But here's a dude that's aware that he's self-aware and can absolutely not, not 
um, uh, 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 resonate with the consciousness of his parents, nor, and this is of particular import, um, uh, uh, res- the parents couldn't resonate with their son in this case. Can you can you bring it one level more practical around what the difference between self-awareness and awareness of self-awareness? So like, um, you know, the reason a cat can't recognize itself in a mirror is because it's self-aware, but not aware that it's self-aware? Well, actually, um, yeah, cats are a difficulty, but elephants and okay. a bunch of animals, uh, apes included, can see themselves in the mirror and recognize that's them. But that's oh, okay. not the same. That's not the same. Mm-hmm. But it's the right. It was the right question. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, self being self-aware means I'm aware of my actions and reactions relative to my environment. Right. Okay. I, really, I co- basic. really basic. I co-create. Um, uh, my experience with all the other elements of existence in any one moment, right? Um, I'm self-aware, but to be aware that you're self-aware, um, if, Amer- if, if, um, if animals were aware they were self-aware, they would have built a, a civilizations and not just nests and Aries and termite hills. Um, that's the it would best. Like work together do. to create a more stable future and exactly exactly they can um birds especially uh and, and animals uh, lions uh, every animal in in africa let's just put it that way uh can anticipate the future enough to know when the rainy season's coming when to when to move across the the plains to where the water is um when to cut when to um, procreate uh, uh in the mating season all these things but they're part of the rhythms of Mother Gaia Earth in that way, and so are guided by these instincts and urges without being able to go. Why do I have this urge? Because that's another level of individuality. Is another way of saying it. it's when you're aware yeah. that you're aware. Self-aware. Yes. Yeah. When you're self-aware that you're self-aware, it's like another deeper cut of individuality because you can now do things with your awareness. I guess. Yes. In other words, um, this is what, and again, this is hard to point out the obvious, um, at least the obvious to to, to identity, Mm -hmm. is is that an atheist or an empirical scientist that believes consciousness is created by the brain doesn't get this. Uh, They they don't get that that this awareness of self-awareness allows us to self-examine internal states. The awareness of self-awareness allows us to go meta to our experience and design philosophies that may be more helpful in survival and thrival than that philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, animals don't, don't possess philosophy. They, they possess instinctual um, urges to survive and partially thrive. They actually survive and strive um, a thrival is for any animal is in, a, in an evolutionary standpoint, every second um, could be your last, yeah. uh, everyone. So there's no safety, um, but they do fear death. They, they know they have a feeling instinctual uh, um, uh, reaction to it. If you ever went to a, um, a pig farm and they were marched off to their, yeah. to their slaughterhouse, uh, you would know that they scream, mm-hmm. uh, they scream. And so cows know also mm-hmm. at any point. Um, uh, so the awareness of self-awareness is what 
caused the bifurcation was the missing link. This is the element in the missing link. Um, but atheists look at a human being and say, we're, we're just animals. Well, if we're just animals, um, you can't, they would say, I've had this argument with a, a, an atheistic scientist. Well, a termite hill is equivalent to um, our civilization, right? <laughs> uh, it's the animal's version of it. Yes, that's right. But what drove them to, to make that termite hill is not what drives us to make civilization. It's yes. not just to survive and strive. It's to thrive. So the awareness of self-awareness allows a whole other dimension uh, mm -hmm. to thrive. And that and that's self-examination, philosophical paradigms, all that stuff. Problem solving. Problem yeah, solving. Yeah. Uh, we, we can go meta yeah. to our own experience, whereas animals have really limited oh, capacity. We can, yeah. And so we can look at and sort of uh, modify the way we experience experience is another way of yes. maybe saying that. Exactly. Okay. Whereas animals can't modify except by trial and error in a survival context. They learn. Of course, they learn. Look at how a mother uh, a lion uh, teaches her cubs how to hunt. Um, of course, mm -hmm. they learn. But there's limitations just based in self-awareness alone. Mm -hmm. So this alone, just what we said here, Joseph, um, uh, brings anthropology, uh, science, and, and arcane spirituality all into one menage a trois uh, <laughs> for a very um, uh, uh, interesting uh, topic, you see? Yeah. Um, and so, and we haven't said that much so far, but there yeah, are true. the high points, see? Mm -hmm. And this is what's so fascinating why I love to talk with you because uh, you elicit all these kinds of dynamisms so well uh, as an interviewer, well, really and truly. Okay, so back to the track. So um, Autumn incarnates first. Um, uh, my read of the Akashika is he had compared to his ape family, he had bright eyes bright eyes. Somehow, some the extra element of awareness of self-awareness, they could read out and they were frightened to death by it. Mm -hmm. They beat him. They uh, He actually had to incar incarnate 12 or 13 times just to get past um, infancy uh, 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 or young age because he was always expelled or killed by his ape clan. And if he find, found a way to escape, he was so vulnerable relative to other animal species at the time. He got eaten or killed or, or whatever. So um, as the first, this was a, a, a real trial and error to learn how to keep incarnating alone until you could survive till at least gestation age when you could procreate. This took 12 or 13 incarnations over a period of about uh, eight, 900 years. Um, very difficult to do. Um, so at any rate, um, once he got established where he could in the, in the in incarnation, um, the incarnation that um, uh, he wound up, uh, Eva joining him, uh, he, he had a, made it to a semi-adult at 18, 19, 20 years old, had his own little cave um, um, rigged with things that only someone with awareness of self-awareness could do. Um, uh, and, and was able to protect himself and live and hunt and eat. Um, and find shelter and make shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, when this was when when it was seen from the other side that he had attained such a level of survivability, predictable survivability, um, Eva incarnated to join him. 
And her first incarnation was just like his, uh, uh, that she was a little less threatening because she was female form. And, uh, um, but still she had the same bright eyes and, uh, um, but they didn't kill her. They just sent her away is to send her away. They, the mother ape in my read of the Akasha, again, just our read, who knows what's really true, uh, nurtured her until she was 15 or 16 years old, um, and loved her and protected her from the other apes that wanted to, um, do things with her that, um, she intuited in some way in her self-awareness that her daughter would needed to be protected, uh, that way. And so at any rate, at some point, uh, uh, Eva got away. And the wonderful thing is, is that uh, one day that out in the cold rain, and this is how I read it out of the Akashika, uh, Eva was naked and, and in a cold rain, shivering under a tree, having been expelled or escaped from her clan. And out hunting, Autumn found her under this tree and um, saw the same bright eyes hmm. and said, and gathered her up and brought her to the safety of his cave. And she immediately was frightened because she'd never met another bright eyes um, uh, at this stage. Maybe she incarnated a couple times too, before she met him. It doesn't matter to the story, but, but she recognized it and, um, and, and went with him. And, and there's no together. They learn to eat of the tree of self-knowledge um, there was no um, uh, 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 condemnation of self-knowledge. Uh, it was survival and survival and survival. Hmm. And so the two-thirds yang, one-third yin of the consciousness of Adam, the two-thirds yang had to take over in survival mode. Uh, you, the yin aspects of men and women can't really blossom until there's a, a semi-secure predictability of survival. Yeah, that's just Maslow's hierarchy, right? That's uh, yeah, and there are some domains where Maslow really is right on. Uh, not in the personal, in my opinion, but um, sure, absolutely. So uh, once that started to happen, and uh, there's the story's going somewhere, I promise. Uh, uh, the archetype of the yang as the survival-based dimension of consciousness, and yin as as the thrival. And, and creative aspect of, um, of, of uh, uh, consciousness finally found a way to be with each other. Um, but the yang-based survival for Eva to fit in with him, she had to adopt his <clears throat> mainly survival-based um, uh, orientation to life other than procreatively when she became uh, a mother uh, at some point. Um, her yin with, had to be glazed over with a with more than a patina of yangness, mm -hmm. and it was that necessity to subsume her yin in favor of yang to survive with her mate, her acquired mate, that set the stage um, for men having more muscle mass, uh, 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 more suited to battle against animals and elements, uh, um, uh, why patriarchy inserted itself as what seems to be a natural anthropologically based bias of power and influence. Mm -hmm. uh, and yin had to subvert, here's the archetype of Eva, she had to subvert her yin 
in order to join him and and help co-create survivability and add her yin insights um, uh, to maybe to help his snares or his how to uh, catch uh, their food. Um, so the beginning of patriarchy is absolutely innocently rooted in survivability. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at it that way, yang not as as dominative, but as survival based, we get a whole other positive spin, not which not what the religions and societies, how they ran with that survival thing. That's a whole other dimension. But the struggle was then for and here was here's the next cosmological piece to this, is that uh, um, a hundred and over the last 130,000, 140,000 years, and this happened, the Adam and Eva archetypes have been evolving. The more we created um, a civilization with predictable survivability, the more our, our awareness of self-awareness kicked in. We have time and effort and insight to change ourselves. Uh, uh, design, recalibrate nature to suit our needs and not uh, the earth's needs. Um, all of these kinds of things have kicked in. So the uh, the fact that we couldn't, women couldn't even vote until early in the last century, nineteen twenty something, yeah, one hundred and thirty thousand years later. Uh, and it's supposedly the most enlightened, powerful. Fascinatingly, nation. what I always uh, find this am- amazing after um, black men were given the right to vote in what, 18, you know, in the Reconstruction, 1875, 80 or something. 1882, I yeah, think. These yeah. people were property, and women didn't get the right to vote until like 40 years after that. It's amazing to me. Uh, unbelievable! Uh, the 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 fingers, the poison, the, the mythovirus of patriarchy that has infected our world since the beginning. So this whole story um, is basically a backdrop to explain and and illuminate that yang and yin is the way to look at um, our 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 cisgender bodies and our cisgender tendencies. Um, uh, just, just as a first starting place out of the gate of human existence. So if we, reca- if we recalibrate it this way, uh, my, my, my wife, of course, my beloved, my soulmate, um, she carries archetypal uh, um, uh, uh, dimensions of two-thirds yin and one-third yang, and I carry archetypal uh, um, uh, uh, dimensions of, of a two-third yang, one-third yin. Somehow, that's like carrying forward um, uh, uh, the original archetypes. And now 130,000 years later, let's recalibrate everything based on yang and yin, which were hidden all these time, all these uh, eons. And of course, these yang and yin archetypes, these are not uh, secrets in the world. There are plenty of paradigms and isms that do talk about that, but not sure. so much in personal ways. That's right. Like identity does. That's right. Uh, the, the Chinese, of course, came up uh, with originally this, uh, this yin, yang and yin. But unfortunately, patriarchy has casted um, yin as submissive. Mm, weaker. It's weaker, meeker. Yeah. yeah. And when Yeshua said on the mount, one of the few things that Pollyanity got right, um, and the meek shall inherit the earth, he didn't mean submissive. Yeah. He meant heartful. He meant heartful and soulful. That is, that is. And uh, now we roll in 
what happened and what didn't happen in December of uh, 2012. That uh, wasn't the end of the world, as all the crazies were saying, um, mm -hmm. reasonably in some ways. The Mayan calendar was incredibly accurate, uh, but not for the reason everyone thought. Until December 21st, 2012, in identity's picture of things, uh, the yang-based aspects of divinity um, uh, uh, suffused the Earth's incubation to survive as a species, yang. It was supporting yang in the population of Earth to survive. According to divine being, I'm, that's the only one, the only authority that I can uh, bow to that way as some sort of surety. It, from its point of view, we weren't, we didn't hit minimum survivability until bloody 2012. And if you take the Earth as a whole, with the millions who don't know where the next meal is coming from, don't have homes, live in mud huts. Um, are starved to death every single day, even though they're offset by second world and first world countries and even third world countries now. Uh, um, uh, uh, from divine point of view, divine beings point of view, we just hit in 2012, which is 10 and years. It is, and it is true that that level of poverty has been decreasing over the last 100 years, even though yes. most first worlders would never notice it. But sure. the stats say that, that that's that Absolutely. coming out of survival mode has been happening. Right. So last piece of this piece of it, things. Mm -hmm. um, as of 2012, the Yang-based divinity um, stepped back and the yin, yin, this yin aspect stepped forward because now was the time to cultivate and support yin in the Earth's population and no longer support yang as the primary dimensional expression of male or female consciousness, right? So once that happened, once that happened, we have a whole other support for yin in men and women in ways from the, in our divine WH holon that we've never had before. And now 10 years into that new incubation of, of earth's um, uh, spiritual um, uh, uh, Pro, we're, prog, we're progeny of that provenance, of that yin-based provenance now. All the children born since 20, 2012 are all inside of a yin-based earth dynamic, uh, both men help. and women. I know we don't have a whole lot of time to cover all of what we're, we wanted to cover. It may take a number of episodes, but I can't help but ask, what are the kinds of things that have happened since 2013 that, if in your picture, uh, validate that shift? Um, and the best way to say it is a rising tide uh, uh, um, raises all boats mm -hmm. and the rising tide of yinic dynamics have pushed up and forward first and foremost all the toxic uh, uh, versions of patriarchy right into our nostrils and our mouths mm -hmm. cue the news cycle in the last mm -hmm. nine, nine years um, Hart, Weinstein and, and Epstein, and, um, uh, and, and these are just a few of the uh, Trump. Trump. The, the, these, the, the guy uh, in South America. Uh, uh, Venezuela guy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, right now, Putin, who, is, Putin. by the way, the Akashika is, um, he's, he's the absolute one on one reincarnation of Napoleon. Uh, small, small stature. <laughs> it's all. even a resemblance. It's even a resemblance. Uh, it's just unbelievable to me. Maybe there are other 
uh, 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 psychics and prophets that see that too. I've, I've not heard that before, but mm-hmm. it, the first time I saw his face, I said, how can not know, anyone not see that this is Napoleon? What he's doing yeah. in Ukraine. I mean, for God's sake, he, he was in France before and went and went East. Now he's in, in the East and he wants to go West. I mean, it, it's so pathetic and, 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 and heartbreaking, uh, what he's doing right now, but dead there's ending, a dead ending a paradigm. Is dead ending doing. a paradigm. In other words, all of this sewage of patriarchy that we're swallowing every day, from governmental Big Brotherism to specific expressions of male um, uh, um, uh, neo Nazism, the, the the kickback, the the response of masculinism against feminism, um, this. What's in our faces and all of our orifices uh, at the same moment um, is uh, toxic patriarchy being pushed forward by the yin tide to finally say no, no, no to survival-based patriarchal violence, domination, penetration, penetration of, of, of the resources. The Pauline Bible, the Pauline Bible tells tells humanity that God gave them the permission to rape the earth. It tells them all outright to do that. So again, we're, we're in now striving to thrive. Uh, 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 in through a, extraction consciousness. Through extraction, oh, nicely put, mm. right. And so what this, all this background, what this brings us to is our personal lives. If men can start to be first educated, as these podcasts are just educational, they're not transformational, they're educational, mm-hmm. educe, uh, draw, draw something out of people that hasn't been said this way before. Um, if you can, as men and women, if we can start to get educated to stop saying, like we've been taught by relational experts, that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, uh, in this case, men and women are both from Earth. What the Mars thing was is they picked up accurately, as goofy as the whole metaphor was, they picked up accurately two-thirds young in men, one-third young in women. Venus has two-thirds yen, so they're from Venus. We're from Mars, Aries, you know, the whole uh, mythological um, uh, God stuff. If we could focus on yin and yang, all of a sudden, all sorts of um, possibilities of how love can 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 transact have have nothing to do with maleness and femaleness and have everything to do with yin yangic expressiveness and yinic receivingness yeah, because this idea the the mars versus venus thing which it's interesting you bring that up because i think i don't know i mean i wasn't really i don't know when that was the late 70s or something uh, when that was published what, it seems was, to be who what was that guy's name i forget it john gray something john, gray Stephen. No, I'll think Isn't of it. Gray? Yeah. Go um, ahead. Might maybe. It, there, there's this implicit notion, I think, that, that men and women are somehow opposite or at least like completely different mm-hmm. rather than they just have a, a different mix of the same two elements. Yes. And th- it sounds really simple, which that's why I wanted to highlight it because it sounds like, you know, someone could say, oh, sure, okay, yeah, that makes sense, and, but not get that this is actually a wholly different way of looking at men and women. Yes. Because it, then it no longer becomes about like figuring out how to communicate better with this person who's completely <laughs> different than you, which is like, you know, 50% of all therapy. Yes. Um, it's actually what is the, um, 
uh, you know, how do you meet in the middle uh, in, with, without uh, discounting your own yin to yang mix, but learning from the other and becoming a more whole person so yes. that both people become more, more whole person rather than staying, oh, I'm this opposite from Mars kind of guy. And how do I communicate with you in such a way that it makes you feel safe and all, all of that identity would just shake its head and say, uh, no. all strategic. Yeah. It's strategic and strategy is an artifice. Yeah. It's not a wholeness. It's an aboutness, not an isness uh, yeah. in that way. But where, where the rubber meets the, the reality road here in all this yin yang thing is let's lay it out. It's really simple. Yang in men and women processes experience linearly, energetically, and expressively. Yin processes reality heartfully, soulfully, and in silent stillness. Um, that's for both men and women, meaning, meaning men and women have four possible, men and women in a couple, let's just go cisgender for the moment, they have four opportunities to relate, four huge dimensions, the yang of the man, the yang of the woman can connect. The yang of the man, the yin of the woman can connect. The yin of the yang of the woman can meet with the yin of the man. And the yin of the woman can meet with the yin of the man. Those are four mm -hmm. tracks that in everyday life, um, I, I track that with Bree and I, uh, whenever we're in, in whatever activities we are, um, those four, um, we touch all four of them in any three or four day uh, amalgam. And so mm -hmm. this is a beautiful way to look at it because when someone who's at peace and has healed enough internal um, unconsciousness, because um, remember, we're responsible for the contents of our unconscious. We're responsible. Yes, we covered that. We we're did. able to build on some stuff we've covered. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, that uh, uh, when, um, when we've taken responsibility and processed the contents of our unconscious that drive all of our intentions, actions, and outcomes in life. Um, and a woman does the same in this particular cisgender example, uh, um, two thirds young in the man connect, uh, one third young in the woman, two thirds yin in the woman, one third, uh, uh, um, yin in the man, add them together, do the math, three thirds. Um, uh, it's a whole, it becomes a whole when the interlocking yang and yin, uh, dynamics that drive. Uh, not just the body, but the consciousness, the consciousness body drives are completely something downline of the consciousness domains of yin and yang and how they process reality. And so in these tumultuous times, when we're choking on the sewage of uh, toxic patriarchy in uh, uh, so many examples, too many examples to, um, to, uh, to name, yeah. remember that we are now in a, a yin suffused divine ages, which means it's time for men, patriarchal men, to learn about their yin, maybe for the first time, for men who are sensitive and vulnerable without losing their yang, um, uh, uh, it's time to, how can I make it, how, how can I make it more? For feminists who have, were necessarily had to fight fire with fire, feminism used yang to fight yang mm -hmm. this powerful uh, i can have it all uh, hear me roar I can do anything a man can uh, absolutely all reasonable 
on the shallower levels of cultural and societal intercourse. Absolutely. No one is running down feminism, least of all me. I've been championing women's rights since I was 10 in my, in my family. Um, at any rate, uh, um, that they, they, there is an inherent matriarchy that was conditioned into feminists that utilized matriarchy is just female mediated patriarchy. And so what's happened is feminism was absolutely necessary in all these societal, cultural, business, uh, uh, equality domains in every single way was necessary. And it's hit a dead end because now in the yin suffuse, and it needed the last gasps, the last 20 years of the young uh, ages of divine being to get, get up and out into the, the planetary consciousness and burn bras and do whatever it is they need to do to say, screw and, this, screw yeah, and, this. And show that they could do anything a man can. And what I see, especially in the people that I work with, is they've had time now to realize that just because they can doesn't mean they want to. Exactly right. And we see we're, that more yeah, and more. We're in a shakeout phase now. Mm -hmm. We're in a post-feminism world, mm -hmm. um, and, and, fla and feminism is flailing about philosophically. The reason it's in need of uh, a remedy is that it can be stretched to um, support the self-destructive um, uh, domain of prostitution. Well, this is a woman's choice. To sell her body for whatever reasons she's it's her sovereign body it's if she has a right to abort she has a right to sell her body for money as a commodity um, feminism i've seen dozens and dozens of examples where uh, they uh, feminism supports self-destructive behavior in women as beings not just women as women right so it needs it needs a corrective and the way to frame that out again applicable to our current day joseph Identity offers that um, uh, 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 we have to get post-feministic because what it missed is the personal relational domain. It doesn't know how to transact in the personal domain with men. Let's just keep it cisgender for this conversation because men are technically, there's only two choices for a strong feminist, um, uh, sisterhood friendship or, or, or lovers, or men who are willing to submit to the matriarchal um, leadership of the woman. Mm. Those are their only two choices, because a patriarchal man is not going to, he's not, she's not going to be drawn to a patriarchal man, she's going to be drawn to an artistic, sensibility, sensitive man, um, uh, one who stay at home dad, all that kind of stuff. And uh, um, that's the tragedy because so many of these really strong women expressively in the world and have made it in the world, they tend to mate with more yinic men, which is fine. But so many of them, whether they admit it to themselves or not, miss a young presence in their yeah. life. I see this really, and they generally don't have the vocabulary to realize what it is. They right. they sense they have something, and they like the empowerment they have. Right. But there's also something that is missing, and in my, in my experience, they usually can't even articulate what it is. But yeah. when you start to present this kind of framework, they're like, "Oh my God, that's exactly what's missing." Yeah, it's um. Let's say it this way too: as if that wasn't complicated enough. Yeah. Uh, in every Yin-based man is a patriarch. 
and 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 every um, uh, a, a young based patriarch is a little boy. Stace, I'm sorry to interrupt. I have to remind you to keep your hands off the oh yes desk <laughs> for those but of you who are banging it, who yeah. only hear the audio. He's gesturing. Yes, how oh, passionate he is. Oh yes, uh, thank. Keep reminding me. Um, it's hard sorry. to. Sorry. I, I was born a um, a four in the enneagram point, and I moved out of that to the conception point, uh, which is doesn't doesn't exist yet in uh, the enneagram uh, of a one. Well, uh, not in the, not relative to conception point anyway. Yeah. And so I, but I still have my expressively where I do that kind of stuff. Yes, <laughs> you so, grew up in an I Italian just, family, right? Yeah, yes, Tom, <laughs> give me a break. A mafia uh, 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 flavored family on top of it. So, <laughs> it's hard to sit on your hands. I know. Absolutely right. Uh, so I gesticulate a lot. So um, the point here being is that um, feminism made all the right inroads in all the outer domains it needed to. But now in the inner domains, it has to be recalibrated identity offers, not because it has to, but because it serves our greater, deeper, more complex humanity to look now at the yin. Feminism only saw yangic expression as the missing piece. There was no definition. There is no definition in feminism. Um, uh, sex in the city, notwithstanding those walking philosophers. That <laughs> uh, that's all I can say about that. Um, uh, uh, there was. But it's really no, interesting. You know, it, what we were saying here is, um, you know, you said earlier that the feminism was, um, you know, its yangic uh, matriarchy was um, reasonable, yeah. um, but you would also say necessary. Yes, and completely. That, and and at some point we we will get to talking about how even identity's initial uh, presentation was um, excessively yangic, yes. and that actually any new paradigm in the history of the world has always been necessarily yangic because it's been initiating something. It's so, got a, it's got a fight status quo. Yeah, if it were coming completely from yin, it wouldn't go anywhere because no. it would be too still. It would just sit there, right? Yeah. So that's all, not, not only reasonable, thanks for that, uh, necessary, but they, they, did, they had no calibration for what is strong yin. All, all yin was was submissiveness, stay home with mom in the kitchen, um, not equal pay for equal not management, glass ceilings, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yin was left behind 10 years into a yin ages now. It's time for us to start taking stock of what is what identity calls what is yinth, yin strength. All we've had is 130,000 years examples of yang. That's, that's all set in, inside, in the consciousness space. What's missing is yinth. What is yinth? What does yinth look like? How does it feel? What, is it, what does it express as? Even if it expresses in different bandwidths than yang, it still exists and vibrates um, in its moving stillness. Brie and I is the best we can come with it right now. If you know about Brownian movement, um, uh, if you're a chemist uh, um, or a, um, a, bio a microbiologist, it's the it's the way microorganisms move. they um, and also how quantum foam moves and uh, moves actually. It vibrates without going anywhere. In some way of speaking, mm -hmm. so there's micro movements. There, it's going so fast in movement that it's it appears still. Hmm. If you put it in slow motion, there are slight perturbations in yin that um, are are at different longer bandwidths than the staccatos 
of um, Yang, right? Um, and so that's why it's been off the radar screen. Uh, and it could not, this day could not come had feminism not carved out the space for women to say, hey, I count too, just as much as you, dude, right? So, uh, yeah, but the paradigm did and or is dead ending, and uh, it is in a number of ways. So, thank you, Gloria and and um, uh, Bella and all the girls from the from the time I grew up and was so ardently in support of. Thank you, and it's time for a new day. So, to make sense of this tumultuous world that's vomiting toxic, young patriarchal uh, right into our faces. Mm -hmm. Women are at a crossroads. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have an offsetting yinic, yinth strength basis to move themselves through these tumultuously toxic, vomiting, patriarchal times. So they're just sort of uh, my, my yangic power. Now I, I'm a CEO of my, I have six figure income and I've got uh, two kids growing up. They're turning out pretty good. And I have a husband who loves me and um, and I'm, my eye is roving and I mm. could never marry, I could never marry a macho man, but right. where's for men and then go right, right to that. And this is observable too. You brought up business. I was just thinking about that, how like in, in any, you know, business meeting of a dozen people, you see that the, there are women who, uh, get yangic in order to compete with and stay with the men and interrupt and raise their voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in any one of those meetings, there are also women who just can't or won't. Yeah. And um, that's how our business culture is set up um, patriarchally. It's like, if you want to compete, you have to become like a man. Yes. And that's the feminist paradigm playing out. But, um, you know, what, what, what is yinth? What, what is actual authentic female power or yin power? Um, what does it look like for a woman to be in her power without becoming like a man? Yes. These are not questions we as a society have been asking. Oh, that's a great way to put it, Joseph, because identity's been living into this question for about 15 years. Um, three, four years before 2012, these things became front and center. Uh, as the yin-yang thing became more and more clear to me uh, as the key to unlock the lockdown of male and female war of the genders, you know? Uh, and so uh, everything's just right. Um, it, everything is the way it is supposed to be. Nothing could have happened in this domain, but the issue is live into the question. If you're a woman, what is yinth? What, how would it reflect in my life differently than I live now? And paradoxically, but not the question for man men are is exactly the same what is my yinth i've been i've grown up in a world one way or another not all men but two-thirds of men uh, out there lead with their yang and their, their yin is very hard to find uh, a quarter or a third of men lead with their yin more than their yang and are either shamed by men or, or disrespected by women unless you're a matriarchal feminist and you're willing to be a a, 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 a careerless home dad at home. Um, and if you've got uh, two CEOs, uh, great, but in there, where the strivers uh, for success, where's the yinic reflectivity and softness? Where do they become vulnerable 
inside the relationship when they're doing 10 hours or 12 hours a day, they're yogic leaders, you see? So I'm oversimplifying to make the point. It's a little more complex than what we're saying, but we're trying to paint a picture for a domain, yin, yin and yangology, that has never been out there. And I just wanted to um, uh, talk about that uh, in one of these podcasts to lay the groundwork to live into this question. Uh, young it, again. It, yeah, it radically changes. I, we should definitely talk more about it um, in, in future episodes because it's one of the areas where, I mean, male-female uh, dynamics are some of the, it's one of the causes of, you know, so much suffering in our world. Mm -hmm. And when we look at what uh, MFCC's marriage counselors are doing and, um, you know, there's so much emphasis on, like we talked before, strategizing and, um, you know, speaking into the other person's listening and all of this sort of um, uh, unself-interested um, uh, orientations to strategically improve the relationship. And identity's point of view is very much that um, the relationship, if you're supposed to be together, will work. Big, big if. That's, That's a big, a big if, if you're supposed to be together. I'm glad I remembered to say that. The relatedness is, if it's supposed to be, either is or it isn't. And if it is, then um, it has to teach you something. Yes. And is, But as soon as we go into the mode of like, well, how do I behave or communicate in such a way that it works better? We've, de <laughs> we've departed. And that's so much of the, yeah. how the paradigms operate out there. Nonviolent communication. Um, the MFCC stuff, NLP, uh, NLP, certainly landmark. Right. It's all like, how do I use my mind to make this work better yes. rather than like, what is the relatedness that's already happening? And how do I get with that? And abstract so that, that abstract from there into words and concepts, not start with words yes. and concepts. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's Yinnick. That's a mm -hmm. yinic approach, you see. NLP and compassionate communication, they're strategic penetrators. They take mm -hmm. over, they, they, they believe their essence that can create downline change. But, they're, but languaging is not essential. It's derivative of experience. Mm -hmm. You have to start with experience first. But again, until 2012, and we've got you know, a yinic um, god quote unquote, behind us um, and through us and everything now, um, it, it's time to start asking different questions. Well, I think that's a really good place to close. What do you think? The um, invitation to ask different questions? Well, um, you want to keep going? <laughs> well, no, we did talk about how we could fold our first couple sentences into this uh, podcast. When we have oh, it didn't about seven minutes. Yeah. Well, was, <laughs> I forget what it is now. Uh, boy, it was, I can't remember either. Okay. But so I'd like to add it, <laughs> at least take five more minutes. Okay. I think that's mm -hmm. right about that right time. Sure. Um, I think it would be interesting uh, to start chewing on for, uh, um, let's say, um, interested in this domain of cosmogenies. Uh, uh, the question that always comes out of the lips of empirical atheists, you know, um, is, uh, well, okay, there's a God. Where did God come from? Okay. Ah. okay. So mm -hmm. since the, the yin and yang are inherited soulful qualities, where did we inherit them from? In the identity's picture, from divine being. So let's talk for a minute about 
the yin and yang aspects of divine being and how they cosmogenized (laughs) and cosmologized, right? Mm -hmm. So one, I'll just a quick short uh, thing. And then um, once the, this uh, uh, people start listening to this boy, we get a ton of questions. I'm sure Um, once upon a time, God realized it existed. In other words, right there in that statement, it is completely uncaused, not because it might not have had a cause, but as progeny of divinity, we will never know, and divinity doesn't claim to know, uh, but uh, God realized it existed. How did it realize it existed? Unknown. I can't answer that. The Akashika can't even answer it. That's the last That's the last hallway in the Akashika. You can't go any further because human existence didn't start yet, right? Uh, But I can read out. There's other ways beside the Akashika to um, intuit divine being once you um, heal some trio of existential terrors uh, for for another time. So God realized it existed, and that was the first realization. And we could call the the aspect of God that realized it existed, I refer to it as Yanther. Yanther. Uh, uh, this first Yang-based aspect realized it existed because it's movable, it's linearable, it's meta-segmentable. Another way to say Yang is it's in- infinitely segmentable, and Yin is almost zero-segmentable. It arises moment to moment in wholenesses, whereas yang unfolds in segments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was the yang identity's offering is this first realization. This was the yang, uh, yang aspect of God that did that, setting, calibrating yangness into the plenum for everything to come from there, including the uh, difference between planetary yangs and yinic vacuum spaces, you know, goes all the way down to fractals to our physical universe. So there was God sitting, um, uh, realizing it existed. And I thought, well, this set the stage for all later yangnesses downline that, oh, they don't, they don't need anything to exist. (laughs) They just exist. Uh, And a lot of patriarchal men uh, just carry that right down the line. Uh, Masters of the universe. um, I don't need anything to exist. Right. And then one day, (laughs) young third, uh, decided he, he reflected and said, wait a minute, I was gonzo to think that I just, I just existed and I realized I existed. Um, I must have pre-existed my realization that I existed. I must have been there so that I could wake up to myself. What's that? What is that about? And then he, you know, again, parenthetically and metaphorically looked around and, and then he realized that there was this whole sea of godness that he peeked his little self-aware head that he doesn't have uh, out and realized that, that there was something vast and immovable and unrealizable uh, 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 to his root godness. And the, and the next realization was um, that which pre-existed the Yonther's realization of existence is yinther, the yin aspect of God, the universal, more silent, more wholeful, more pervasive, more suffusive, um, and the yang aspect of divinity 
segmented off, calfed, cleaved off of that, became self-aware, and as such was the initiator of the whole enchilada. Divine Yanther, realizing that Divine Yinther, didn't call it that at that time, of course, pre-existed him, awoke Yinther. At this moment in time, which we should be very grateful for, um, because there would be nothing without them, uh, no human fractals, uh, Yinther self-awareness was born like a bright light that comes into a dark room and wakes you up. Yin, Yinther is so purely yin as archetypally beyond archetypes that it could never have awakened to itself. It was just being, it's too busy being itself to awaken. Yin is non-self-reflective. Yin is non-self-reflective. Yang is self-reflective. That's the phrase I was looking for earlier mm-hmm. is how we process reality, non-self-reflective and reflective. And so um, she awakened and was so grateful uh, uh, because uh, Yangther was the first to self-realize, but she was the first to be Hmm. completely equal, two firsts. She's the first in essence, he's the first in expression. And I, I, you know, it's my job always to make this stuff practical and and I want to insert something here about the practical um, male-female dynamics because that notion that Yin is less self-reflective than Yang has radically changed the way I relate to women because that's one of the sort of um, weapons of the patriarchy is it punishes women Mm -hmm. for not being as self-aware or as self-reflective and that's one of the ways in which um, they're seen as less than. Yes. But, But at the same time, uh, what the the flip side of that is what men love about women very often is the purity and the innocence and the um, unself consciousness and yet there's this cake and eat it too where we love all of that and yet also want them to be able to track and segment and think like men do yes. when it's just not in their nature and and that's a that's that you can't have it both ways no. um, and that for me has been a, a, a real um, uh, yeah, I mean, so so much that I continue to learn to actually see women and appreciate women for what they are and right. not impose my own patriarchal, they should be like men exactly. thing. And, and that invites me into my own yin, like, oh, well, where do where am I overly yes. self-conscious and overly segmenting exactly. and all of that? And, and then we then we meet in a way uh, that is not possible otherwise. Um, so just that one idea of identity has been powerful for me. Absolutely. Uh, the, the whole uh, segmentation, self-reflectivity um, that an extra dollop of yang imparts mm-hmm. to men, two-thirds, one-third, right? Um, women have it too. It's just one-third of their being, not two-thirds like it's ours. Mm-hmm. That's that whole, what you just described is exactly the toxicity behind mansplaining. You know? Yes, right. I mean, which, which is just a recent word in our lexicon uh, uh, that's come up because we've got Yinther uh, holding down the fort these days. And so all of these ways that we're saying everything, the only movement, and this is the sum of the big picture, exactly bringing all these things forward we can close with, is that the only solution to toxic patriarchal yangism is hopeful soulful 
yinism. It's the solution. Mm-hmm. So men and women start to learn, get educated first in ways, simple ways, not so simple <laughs> that we talked about today. Um, all, all we can do to end patriarchy is use more patriarch, more, more a different form of patriarchy to fight that patriarchy. Well, let's let's do a no-fly zone over Ukraine, or let's give them jets to bomb. I mean, the only thing that's going to work to solve toxic, submerge it once and for all into the Dead Sea that it belongs um, is yinism. And that doesn't mean weakening. It doesn't mean uh, submitting. It means what is yinth, what is heartful and soulful first, because essence, which is yin, how by yinther, perfect example with that's why I brought that yangther yinther cosmogony, um, is uh, uh, is that the the essence is yin and the secondary expression is yang. Somewhere deep in patriarchs, they sense, and here's the last fractal: both men and women come out of women. Mm-hmm. Both men and women come out of women. That this has not been seen as the reason that patriarchy got sparked up in the first place is because men realize they come out of the thing they have, they cisgender-wise mate with. Can't have that. I have to distance myself and then rely on my yangic segmentability and self-reflectivity and push the power of the woman down because she's got all the fucking power. And I I can say fuck on this. I can. Yes, you can. Uh, uh, um, uh, a spiritual educator can say, fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, so, so patriarchy is rooted in male powerlessness. It's a compensation. Anyone that's got to invade Ukraine has, has confidence issues inefficaciousness at the core, self-unworth and at the core. The humiliation from uh, World War uh, II is, is talked about. He was part of that. But of course, it goes deeper than that. It would go back to his childhood. Absolutely. And then before that, if he is Napoleon, maybe the Battle of Waterloo or something. Well, something he never like. learned the lesson as Napoleon. So he's got to come back this life as learn the lesson. He's digging his own grave. Um, uh, and I could tell you what my third eye sees as the outcome here, but I won't at the moment. But the point being here in this podcast today um, is that there are divine roots to everything human. The illumination of divine contours and structures and, and bandwidths of consciousness illuminates human versions. Human version ones can illuminate divine version ones. Um, and so- As below, so above. And as Yes, as below, yes, it works both ways. Thanks. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So that's why these conversations like these with the themes we talked about today have direct relevance, not only to the real world of our our disorders right now as a planet, um, but our self, our self um, uh, relationships, relationships with ourselves. So in honor of that, um, uh, start to appreciate uh, how yang and yin uh, uh, process reality differently, but mutually productively. That it's not no longer when you have inner power, inner strength, you don't need outer power mm. in both men and women. 
what learn what how you create inner strengths you never have to compensate with will to power uh, i have no will to power I, I have other people trying to help wanting me to push out identity into the world and i've lost all my will to power since yin uh, yinther came in remember you once said the quest for power is proof of its lack yes absolutely and that's that's a definition of patriarchy yeah. right so I feel bad for um, Vladimir, uh, but sorry, no, no. Thanks for displaying, like Trump, thanks for displaying the outright unmistakable stink of compensation for inefficacy. Thank you. And go home. Do you have a solution to the conflict? What would you do? I've been wanting to ask you this for two weeks. Well, um, let's just say that it's already what's working right now. What's working? What's driving the Ukraine's successful resistance, humiliating Vladimir every single day? What is it? What's the root of that? Yeah. They're fighting, of course. They're using yeah, weapons yeah. in there. But what's driving them? Mm, love of their country? the sanctity of their own um, uh, world, right? Self-sovereignty. Self-sovereignty. And that, and they, I, Ukrainians, I know some Ukrainians, uh, Serbians to also the neighborhood uh, folks. These, these people are more Yinik than Yangik. Mm. They have Yangik. They do. They, they can fight. But he's moving with tanks and missiles and, and blowing up maternity hospitals um, and how is that possibly being stopped? Because Yinther in the heavens is behind Ukraine and they're just sitting there. They're not invading. They, I will not move. I will not move. I will die before I move. Yeah. That's Yinnick. That's why Napoleon Putin is digging his own grave. He's doomed to lose. He may get a short a short time, uh, a short um, term gain in, in, in making up the whole thing, I think was just about making sure Ukraine doesn't join NATO. Yeah, if, sure. if, if, if they say, okay, we'll be a sovereign state like Sweden or Switzerland, and, but not be part of NATO or not Sweden, uh, uh, a couple other countries that are in the EU, but not in NATO. That's all he Poland. wants. Poland. Yeah. Don't yeah. Uh, he just doesn't want them to be in NATO. That's all this is about. This is all that it's about. Um, uh, and so he's going to win in the end. He's going to, they'll sign to that agreement just to preserve their homeland and save lives, I think. Um, mm. But it's just a temporary reprieve because he's, he's dropped his drawers and shown that he's drawn, driven by insecurity, which imperialism is the compensation for. And his own people now, as much as he's been trying to shut down the press and uh, it's it's leaking out in the social media world yeah uh, his i think his own um will take him out uh enough napoleon uh you're wrecking our economy for your own ego stop yeah it's becoming quite clear yeah and the of course the humiliation humiliation that he's trying to somehow deal with is coming back to haunt him because i'm sure he already feels humiliated you know, yeah. We're recording this on March 16th, and I'm sure yeah. he thought it was going to be over a week ago. Yeah. Um, the, Rus the Russians that are captured, I read today, uh, 
um, say the same thing. They expected to, to run through in three days, yeah. and they are just appalled by what has happened here. The miscues uh, driven by a man's ego like Trump's. They're, yeah. That's why they're, they're buddies if in energy, if not in actuality. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's, there's, I, I love that we close with this because that's hot right now. And this is not an ivory tower-based podcast. All the themes are translatable to everyday life, one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one on one. And you can't say that for most religions. They, they can't cover all the bases of the humanity without undermining their own metaphysics. Yeah. Um, so here, here's a place to come sit by the fire and have your whole spirit and whole humanity embraced as one thing and the way to actually learn to embody that. Beautiful. Okay, let's close here. Thank you, Stace. It's always a pleasure. You're welcome. And I'll keep right in the front of my yangic brain not to touch the table too much. <laughs> Except for that last time. All right. Okay, thanks okay. for listening. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.